Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Libocube! <laughs> that was to indicate that it's goddamn minus almost 40 with the windshield at certain points during the day and night of these last couple of days, which is friggin' freezing, man! I never say anything about the cold, uh, because I say lots about how hot it is and how I just like the heat, so I feel that that means I can't say things about the cold, so this is not a complaint, and it's just a statement of fact, okay? It's cold. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, unless they're really, really cold buts. This concludes the weather report. Oh god, I'm Canadian, I can't help myself, despite the fact that I'm recording this probably like a week or two or some odd before it will be posted, in which case a weather report will make zero sense. The Canadian in me refuses to not speak up a little bit about the current weather conditions when they are crazy. <laughs> I like how people during a really, really cold, freakishly stormy and things winter where we've had frost quakes, which maybe I'll get into in a second, say, yeah, and they say they say there's global warming. There is global warming. Global warming just doesn't mean that it gets hot in the summer. It means fucked up weather all year round, including frostquakes, which is a cool thing, for the reason that it's not harmful. <laughs> well, I guess it's not cool, because it's a pain in the ass if you're not a heavy sleeper like myself. And that is the combined um, really, really wet fall and spring, which we have had in the sort of, I'm just going to go general Toronto-ish and north area, combined with temperatures dropping rapid cause the water in the ground to expand and sound like gunshots. Goddamn friggin' loud. I didn't know what it was. And the missus and I were sort of looking around the house trying to figure out where the noise came from. And uh, after a couple of days, sort of just said, well, uh, who knows what it was, but then saw in the news that we weren't the only ones with these complaints. And it's something called frostquakes. They don't actually register as a sort of seismic event, but they are friggin' loud as hell. Gunshots! Gunshots loud! <sighs> the only reason I feel I can do this crazy amount of weather talk on this Movie Monday episode is for the reason that I am pre-recording my opening, so uh, I have some time to kill. Time to murder, if you will. I should say, however, things that I do say at the top of every episode, such as... There will be spoilers. I will spoil the living bejesus out of these movies. Again, no ifs, ands, or buts. This time, cold or otherwise. Another thing I should say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. <laughs> no, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps... You rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what helps podcasts grow and become things, possibly even maybe things. That will, of course, take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, which is today's sponsor, which is the Carrie White Plug It Up Designer Tampon Collection. Once again, today's sponsor is the Carrie White 
plug it up. Designer Tampon Collection. Thank you to that thing that I just said for sponsoring this. Really raking in the dough is what we're doing. Yeah, raking it in. Okay, so folks, uh, I will do as I do when I re pre-record these openings, and that is push this button that says transition. Immediately after, I will start talking these four movies. Count them. Four. No real need to count them. It says in the description of this episode what the movies are. Uh, if you listen to the whole episode, you will realize that there's four of them. So feel free not to count them if you are so inclined. Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Okay, folks. Pushing button now. Transition. Here he comes to save the podcast that talks about movies on a Monday. Wow, how about that? Unexpected. It burst forth from my bosom. You could say. I don't know why you would, though. Today, Movie Monday. We've already done the intro, so I'm going to hop right into Movie the First with zero preamble other than any preamble I've already done, which is a little bit, but not too much. Oh, boy. Uh, bad Grandpa, or Grandpa, lose the D, put in an M instead of an N. Still, I think it's Grandpa, if we're going to get specific about it. And of course we are. Oh, shit. What did I just run over? Well, it wasn't a human being, so that's kind of all that matters. This is a Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa, for the reason that the creators of the Jackass franchise have created this film. Oh, you know what I wanted to mention? The first two movies that I'm going to talk about on this Movie Monday episode are ones that I got specifically for the missus, for the reason that it was her birthday weekend. And when it's your birthday weekend, you should be allowed to watch movies that are right up your alley. And Bad Grandpa and the next movie, Carrie, are definitely, easily for me to say, right up her alley. For example, Bad Grandpa, she gave a 4.5, I hate half ratings, but she refuses to give a full rating, damn her, uh, 4.5 out of 5, so very, very much enjoyed it. Uh, how about I give out my rating, since I mentioned hers? I'm going to go 3 to 4 out of 5. It was good. There was definitely some laughs to be had. I don't... The, the, the 3 that I have indicated is for the reason that I don't think I'd ever really need to watch it again. But some of the 4 moments I would see again. For example, uh, when... Uh, and maybe I'll get into it a little more later, maybe not, when Bad Grandpa is within the strip club. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, it's a very interesting idea. It's as if they took sort of a, a Ali G, Borat, little jackass, a little bit of everything such as that, the hidden camera, smile, you're on candid camera, hey, throw that in there, little Suzanne Summers, why not? Uh, and then put a story around those candidly shot things to make it sort of flow. And uh, I think it worked well, actually. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised to be 100% homage with you. But uh, the story, it was, it was kind of... Well, uh, let me give you the gist of it. Johnny Knoxville, if you are unaware, plays Grant, Bad Grandpa. Uh, you know, that whole three, four, five hours of makeup thing in order to look 
old. And I got to say, whoever did the makeup on this did a very, very good job because he's like, like moving around a lot too and getting into scrapes and shit like that. And you can never, there's never a moment where you're like, oh yeah, that's just a guy in makeup. He, he it really, really looks good. Uh, they should win an award. Yeah. I just said it. They should win an award for the makeup for Johnny Knoxville in this. Anyways, he plays a grandfather, or rather, an old man, whose wife has just passed away. Oh, sad. Well, not really sad for the reason that apparently they didn't get along very well, and she was a bit of a bitch. So, he's not dancing for joy, but he is dancing. He is dancing. He thinks that with the death of his wife, uh, he's going to be footloose and fancy free. Uh, it starts out with him sort of going to uh, rub and tugs and strip clubs and things of that ilk. They're all closed, so he ends up putting his penis in a vending machine. Mm-hmm. And it gets stuck. <laughs> and uh, he's asking passers-by for help. And the prosthetic penis is very, very stretchy. <laughs> It looks sort of real until it gets really, really stretched like a foot long, and then you can tell it's kind of rubber. But the people sort of reacting to it obviously could not tell for the reason that you're not going to expect to see someone having sex with a vending machine with a prosthetic plastic penis, especially an old man, which I think helps in the deceiving of people within this because you don't expect it coming from an old guy, right? Whereas us watching it do expect this sort of thing, so maybe that's why you can tell more easily that it is a fake penis. I can't believe I talked so long about a fake penis there, but that is the nature of a Movie Monday episode of the Lackadaisical Liberal Brookie Podcast! Uh, okay, so the, f- the the story progresses to the funeral of his uh, late wife, and he sort of regretful that his daughter has not been able to make it. Oh, sadness. The daughter shows up right in the middle of the funeral, and apparently she is on her way to jail. Yes, jail-bound. So she doesn't know what to do with their son. So, uh, this sets it up for a sort of travel flick from this point on, where it is bad grandpa taking this kid by the name of Billy, uh, not across country, but across a fair amount of countries, of the country, the country of USA, that is, and uh, the sort of hijinks they get into along the way. Hijinks start at that funeral where <laughs> the casket breaks, uh, the old the old bag, which, uh, again, this, this old dead old lady looked fairly realistic and convincing. So whoever made that, and the prospect, uh, you know what I wonder right now? Did the same person make the prosthetic penis that made the old lady, the dead old lady. Because that's something to have on your resume. Creator creator of dead old ladies and prosthetic penises. Oh, boy. Show business. That's what that is. Yeah, uh, she falls out. All the people at the funeral are sort of a member of a congregation, choir, that kind of, uh, that kind of idea. <laughs> uh, good scenes there. We, uh, we zip on down the road a little ways. I'm probably going to skip some of the scenes here for the purposes of our talk, so you can experience them for yourselves in case you have not watched this movie yet. Although I did warn of spoilers, as I do. Next is going to a supermarket, uh, making some sandwiches within the supermarket. That was good. 
because that's just funny right there, you know, period, full stop. However, the owner of the supermarket was this sort of butchy, uh, 1980s haircut, freaking out woman who just lost her shit on them and would not let them leave. <laughs> what I'm uh, sort of amused by, too, is afterwards, when they tell them that it's all been sort of for a movie and it's all fake and they're filming this, how many of them just refused to calm down and were still freaked out? I, I get the feeling that the potential for this girl continuing freaking out was, uh, let's say, high. <laughs> oh, uh, just on that note, before I forget, make sure you watch after the movie for the reason that they do have as a sort of, not a gag reel, but uh, a reel of them explaining to all these people that it's been for TV and their sort of reactions, which is very, very good on their part for the reason that I thought a lot of the time, it, well, not a lot of the time, I felt some of the time some of the reactions were not realistic, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, but when you watch that thing at the end, it sort of puts your mind at ease that all of this actually was kind of candid camera style, which is nice. <laughs> there was another good scene where he uh, was pulling into a fast food place and there was like a, I guess a giant styrofoam kind of penguin out front that he ran into. And for some reason, I don't know if it was the owner of the restaurant and therefore the penguin, but this guy just would not let it go. <laughs> and it got very antagonistic between Johnny Knoxville, aka Bad Grandpa, and this guy to the point where I thought it was going to come to blows for sure, <laughs> which was funny. Would this guy actually beat up an old man, though? That's, that's what I was thinking. Wouldn't be very nice to beat up an old man. Uh, one of my favorite scenes was uh, when he goes to play bingo. He's there playing bingo a little bit, chatting up the girls. Bad Grandpa has a thing for the ladies, let's just say that. And that is a sort of hilarious theme throughout. He's drinking the bingo dye out of the stoppers, whatever you call those things. He's uh, He brings out a uh, goddamn... Uh, the hell is it called? A mixer. Throws a little ice in there, makes a couple of margaritas. Uh, I think realistically he should have been kicked out, like, immediately, but he was there for quite a while, which was surprising. Definitely the missus's favorite scene, and, and one of mine as well, was where he went to the strip club on ladies' nights. And that does not mean that ladies will be dancing, that is just sort of regular nights. Ladies' night means guys will be dancing. So he's hitting on these ladies. He's talking to the strippers about how he likes how the uh, the stripper dudes get them all riled up, and then he swings it for the kill. Of course, and I knew this was going to happen right off the bat, it sets him up for getting up and dancing himself, where uh, <laughs> he has the world's longest... See, I left a pause there for the reason that you thought I was going to say penis. No, he has the world's longest testicles. <laughs> They're hanging down to, like, his knees. Uh, everyone's just freaking the fuck out, losing their shit. Again, I thought there might have been some fisticuffs here from the strippers when he was <laughs> kind of grinded up on them a little bit, which was hilarious. The missus could not stop laughing, which is the whole goddamn reason I got this movie. For her, for her birthday. So, it was good. Uh, the last, I guess, prank, let's just call it, for lack of a better word, involved uh, this bad grandpa finally arriving at uh, Billy's dad's where he's waiting in a bar with all these bikers. These bikers who are a member of an organization who apparently protect like abused kids, which is uh, kind of nice. Bikers protecting abused kids. Yeah, sure. 
So, uh, they set it up for the dad sort of, not, not outright abusing, but verbally abusing and not being very nice to this kid. So the biker has sort of stepped in and ended up with Johnny Knoxville taking the kid back, regretting the decision to give him up because they had come to love one another and develop a fondness for each other's company and ridiculousnesses. Folks, uh, I'm going to stop right this second to get a little of the old coffee, a little of the old breakfast. What I will do, because I love you, is edit, edit, edit this out, and be back in a moment. Toodle. Ew. Editing. 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 On the road again. <laughs> On the bouncy, bouncy road again. Mission accomplished. No lovely and talented Jordan working at the Tim Hortons today. Boo earns. Movie the second, a little film, by the title of Carrie. C-A-R-R-I-E? That one. The remake, reboot, whatever you want to call this thing. The missus loves horror movies and quite often loves horror movie reboots, such as this. And a uh, big fan of the first one. Ooh, I should have got her rating of the original. But I did not. This one she didn't care for too, too much. Only gave a two and a half to... But, as you may know, if you followed along for very long, her scale is incredibly broken, and Rush Hour gets a 5 out of 5. So, I'm not saying that's a bad film, it is not a 5 out of 5, though. So, uh, with her at 2.5 out, 2 out of 5, and again, there's that goddamn half mark, could be higher on your average normal person's scale, but hers is broken, so... There you go. Oh, uh, okay, well, I'll give my rating. I go solid, solid three out of five. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it very, very much. Yeah, I, I, I threw two berries in there. I enjoyed it very, very much while watching, but I would never watch it again. I, I don't need to see this movie again, whereas a four and a five, I would potentially watch again. Huh? See, that's how a scale works. Ah. <sighs> So, uh, this movie stars Julianne Moore, who uh, I feel like I haven't seen in a while. I think the last movie I remember her being in was that one where it was like her kid disappeared and she kept trying to tell people it was disappeared, but nobody believed her for the reason that everyone said this kid never even existed in the first place. What was that movie called? I don't remember. She's playing Carrie's mom, and playing Carrie is Chloe Grace Moretes. I hope I said that correctly. Who you may know as Hit Girl from the Kick-Ass franchise. Which, after watching this, I realized I hadn't seen Kick-Ass 2. So, on a upcoming movie Monday, I will have Kick-Ass 1 and 2. I'm going to watch them back to back. I was going to throw in another to back, but there's only two of them so far. So, just back to back. Look forward to that. And that almost rhymes, back to back and that. She was very, very good in this. Uh, yeah, I've decided I really, really like this girl for the reason that I've seen her now in Kick-Ass and this, and has been very, very good in both. A little, uh, she's, uh, pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty. Yeah. Just period. So, uh, that is nice as well. Oh, uh, I wrote down here, reimagining. Yeah, I suppose that's as accurate as anything. It's taking an, an old movie and doing it again and changing it a bit. If you are unfamiliar, Carrie 
is a uh, Stephen King novel. Oh, you know what? I always wonder, like, what does he think of this movie? What did he think of the original one? What does he think of this one now? certainly doesn't follow the plot of the the book too closely, if I do recall. Oh, did I read the book? Shit, you know what? I can't remember 100%. I'm pretty sure I did. Pretty sure I did. Even just for the reason that this is taking place in modern day, whereas the original was taking place, you know, in the, what was it, 70s, I guess it was, 80s. So you have things like cell phones, so for that sort of famous uh, Carrie in the shower getting her period scene where they throw tampons at her, that is now recorded on a phone. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> that reminds me, uh, I said to the missus as this scene was happening that in the original, in this whole sort of shower locker room scene, you got to see a little little boob action. So, if this movie does not have a little boob action, that will immediately take a point off. And it did not have boob action. So, if it did, probably would have given this movie a four, but I'm going to take a point off for lack of boobs, where boobs were in the original. Sadness. Anyways, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so uh, this was recorded and then uploaded to a fake, uh, I guess it was Facebook profile, mm -hmm. or YouTube profile, some such, which uh, throws in the sort of element of cyberbullying, which is kind of how bullying is done primarily now, from what I hear on the news and things. I don't remember much bullying at all, just period, growing up, which uh, I guess is good. Happy childhood and school times all around for me, believe it or not. Yes, uh, in this as well, Carrie, sort of in the first one, she was very, very meek. This one, she starts off meek, but slowly over the course of it, gets sort of more and more badass, which I liked. And, and I, I think that fits more in a sort of modern day take of this as well, that uh, it's not just a, a weak little girl, it's a, it's a woman who is powerful. And she sort of, and again, this was one of the first ones, she sort of experiments with her powers and gets more and more powerful with said powers, her powers being. Perhaps I should specify if you have no idea what I'm talking about. Although it's kind of weird if you have no idea what I'm talking about. For the reason that if you don't know what the, the main story of the movie Carrie is, that to me is strange, and the odds of you listening to a podcast about movies and not seeing the movie Carrie seem strange to me. You're a weirdo, and I like you for that reason, that you're a weirdo, but you should see the original, please. Uh, yes, her powers, uh, telekinesis, first and foremost. There's a scene where she's got, like, ten books in the air floating around, then she picks up her bed with her in it, and that kind of thing. Something they added to this, which was not in the first was, I guess, sort of the ability, like, secondary abilities. In the first one, it was basically just telekinesis. Here, uh, there's a scene where she locks her mother in a closet, a closet she had been locked in repeatedly, uh, and then she sort of uses some sort of heat power to uh, melt the lock together. Interesting, interesting. Very last scene of the movie, she has her hand on a woman and then says, Oh, you're pregnant. She doesn't say it like that. <laughs> but uh, can somehow tell that this girl who's not showing it all has a baby within her, and it's going to be a girl. So maybe a little psychic ability as well. Okay, okay, uh, getting close to work, so I should try to wrap it up with just sort of the, the brief outline of uh, Carrie. No one likes her at school. She's an outcast, and all these girls treat her poorly with this whole throwing of tampons. One of the girls deeply regrets it. Well, some of them regret it, but one deeply regrets it. 
and says, you know what, I don't even deserve to go to the prom. Uh, I want you, my boyfriend, to take Carrie White to the prom. He, because these this couple is like a super, super nice couple, agrees to do so. Now, some of the girls, one in particular, who is not allowed to go for, to the prom for the reason that she took this video and uploaded it, naughty, naughty, is super, super pissed off. So, her and her evil boyfriend, which is kind of kind of funny. It's like a super, super evil couple and a super, super nice couple. I never realized that. Juxtaposition! Anyways, they set it up so that Carrie is going to win the prom king and queen thing with uh, with this guy. Get up on stage, and then a bucket of pig's blood is going to fall on her. That is just what happens. In the original, she loses her shit and kills everyone. In this one, she loses her shit and kills everyone. Just about. This one, definitely much, much more gruesome and, obviously, much, much more higher quality special effects. Very, very good, actually. Um, something they did a little differently is that the sort of main instigators, that evil couple, they make it out of the prom alive, whereas I don't think they did on the first one. I don't actually remember, though, to be 100% honest with you. So Carrie then sets out after them, flying, I might add, flying, or floating just above the ground anyways. The evil couple tries to ram her with their car. She just stops it. The guy, I guess, dead at that point. The girl busts up pretty good. Carrie then, for all intents and purposes, throws the car into a gas station. This was probably the most gruesome, where it goes kind of slow motion, where the evil girl's face is kind of pushed through the windshield all like glass embedded in her face yeah i've never really seen anything like that it was pretty pretty gruesome pretty gruesome which i don't mind in a horror movie a little little shock and gore gas station explodes ka boom carrie decides she's got to go home and see her mommy she was her mommy was right her mommy predicted that this would happen well maybe not this exactly but just that her uh, her night out would go awry was the prediction carrie's mom who believes a sort of possession has taken over Carrie, tries to kill her. Oh no. Carrie is basically forced to kill her own mother at this point. Double oh no. Which ends with, well, her killing her own mother and then sort of losing her shit. And then the, in a sort of explosion of telekinesis power, the, uh, the house falling down around them and presumably killing both of them. The end. Not a happy ending for Carrie and mom needless to say. All right, folks, I'm at work. That was two movies on the way in, which means two movies on the way home. Just how I like to do it. I will be back, but of course I will say here, as I like to do from time to time, that oh my glob. Look at her butt. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back! We are back! We are back! Back! back. We are back! Back in action! Hello again! Eight hours of work complete. Ed. So, without further preamble, because I want to try to get this in before the darkness, ah, the darkness settles in, I'm gonna hop into my next two movies. The first of which is titled Kings of Summer. Oh, even saying the name Summer during this blizzard season is cruel. For those of yous, for those of yous, 
who uh, don't care for the cold. I, on the other hand, don't uh, don't mind it too much. Yesterday, minus 29. That was a little nipply, even for me. Cutting of glass, said nipples. Today, balmy minus 11. <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever. It's bracing. It, it'll wake you up. It'll get the blood flowing, and I don't mind that at all. Kingdom Kings of Summer, I really, really... I'm going to go ahead and throw in one more really liked this movie. Easy peasy Japanesey. What? Oh, bye. Hey, bye. Uh, easy for me to say this movie gets a 5 out of 5. I don't think I'm alone in this fact. I think it is a critically acclaimed movie. However, I don't think it's, it's sort of huge at the box office, which is a shame because you should see this movie. I think... Out of, yes, definitely out of the four movies within this Movie Monday episode, this is definitely the best one. Sort of hands down, no ifs, ands, or buts. It's, uh, I guess you would describe it as a coming-of-age film in which uh, three kids, three teenage boys, decide they've had enough and are going to run away from home. Run away from home and live in the forest and build a house for themselves. Build a house sort of ramshackle domicile, if you will, reminds me a little bit of the time when uh, I was young and foolish, like these kids, and we, allegedly, I'm just saying allegedly, in case any people are listening that want to charge me for crimes that may or may not have happened, I'm just saying, allegedly, uh, we steal, allegedly, from um, construction sites, like uh, wood and stuff like that, to build a... Not a, not a house of this stature that these guys built, but just something to kind of stay out of the cold. And again, allegedly, drink and do drugs. Allegedly, all around. Oh boy. The first kid is... goes by the name of Joe. He uh, He's sort of the ringleader, and it's his idea to do this plan, I guess you would say. The instigator, if you will. His father... Played by Mr. Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman, who I hope you know, from his beautiful, beautiful mustache. Just, that's all. That's all I hope you know him from. No, uh, from Parks and Rec, plays Ron Swanson. Uh, every movie I've seen him in, kind of been these, I guess you would say, sort of indie flicks such as this, because this, this I think, falls into that category. And he's just awesome in them. Uh, you can see that going from Parks and Rec to something like this. This this guy, this dude can act. This dude can act. His chops to swing from comedy to... There's comedy in this, definitely, and a lot of laughs, a lot of hard laughs, but uh, an underlying sort of <laughs> dark and bitterness uh, also in the character of Nick Offerman as Joe's father. They kind of don't get along, and hate is a strong word, but... It's probably a word that is bandied about between the two of them that the son would say, I hate you. The mother's no longer in the picture. I can't remember if she's passed away or not. Uh, he is dating again, and that is not going well, which we've all been there. Well, we've all been there who have had parents who are divorced and dated again. We've all had that, probably, and it sucks. It's, it's, never, it's never fun. It's neither fun nor funny. I have a new sort of rule with me mother, and that is, I will meet people you date, but only after you've been dating for one year. That's that's fair, right? 
I hope it is, because that is a rule I am going by. Uh, Joe's sister, played by Alison Brie, who you may know from her mustache. No, that's my compliment. May know from Community. Really, really like her as well. And again, that's sort of going from comedy of the television show Community to dramedy, such as this movie. As well as, I know she's in uh, Mad Men. Mad Men is one of those shows that is on my sort of soon-to-watch list. I'm hoping I can talk the missus into watching it after we finish watching Breaking Bad. That's my plan anyways. But I have limited success in talking her into watching things, which is fucking ridiculous. Let me get bitter for a moment. I tried and tried and tried to talk her into watching Breaking Bad, but she would have none of it. And then, like, one or two people at work said, yeah, I think you might like it. And then she's all on board. What the fuck? You'd think she would, I don't know, trust her husband. But no, she needs just random people to tell her that she would like shows. God, infuriates me. Joe's uh, probably BFF, best friend forever, comes in the form of Patrick. He's kind of uh, a little more on the jockey side, whereas Joe, I would say, leaning towards the artistic side, I suppose. I might say that. I might not be right, but I might say that. Did I mention that these three kids are kind of played by somewhat unknown actors, at least unknown to me, <laughs> anyways? Uh, but their parents, not so much. For example, Patrick's mother, played by Megan Mullally, which is amusing for the reason that Megan Mullally and Nick Offerman are, well, married in real life. And in this, they are playing parents of different children. So... There you go. Little behind-the-scenes action. Was there jealousy between the two of them? Because they were both married or dating other people in this fictional universe? Highly, highly unlikely. Uh, if you like, you can go back and listen to my uh, talk-slash-review of Nick Offerman's book, where he and I, by association, go into a little bit how uh, Megan Mullally and Nick Offerman seem to be in love a freakish amount. Just a freakish amount of love flowing between the two of them. So uh, I like to bring it up because it is nice. It's a cockle-warming thing a little bit. Now the last kid, he's a bit of a tag-alonger. Just kind of showed up and said, yes, what you are doing sounds like something I would like to do as well. Let's do this. He is definitely a weirdo. Maybe verging into nerdy territory, uh, but definitely oozing strangeness and weirdness. And for me, probably most of the laughs and definitely the hardest of the laughs that this movie generated within my belly came from this kid. Definitely for me, because I like friggin' weird shit, this kid stole the show. I say kid, but he's... Well, he's probably... It's hard to tell. All... all all three of them, to a certain degree, and this kid in particular, are those sort of actors, I think, that can play young and old. So I don't know how old he is in real life, but, hell, he could be a friggin' 20-something and playing this young kid. I don't know. And that's part of his appeal as a weird, uh, I guess, character actor, you could say. He's kind of strange to be whole. A little bit. A little bit. It's something in the ears and the eyes, and that sort of deadpan stare. And that deadpan stare, oh, man, baby, 
That's, uh, I, I'm, like, super impressed by it, just for the reason that I don't think it's something that everyone can do, that sort of dead-behind-the-eyes look, but uh, this kid's got it down. His name is Biagio, Biagio, just sort of the, the, the king of the non-sequitur. That's something else I liked about him. Just random words flowing from his mouth, com- combined making zero sense, being incredibly weird, which for me is incredibly funny. So uh, I like it very, very much. <laughs> I only wrote down one, but uh, he sort of started having a very, very serious discussion with Joe. Uh, if I do recall, it was like around the campfire. No, no, that's not what it was. Whatever. He, he's, he's having this, this serious, heartfelt moment with Joe, telling him that he's gay. Yep. He starts to... <laughs> he starts to describe uh, how he knows he's gay. And the, I guess for lack of a better word, symptoms he describes of his gayness are all symptoms that are actually associated with cystic fibrosis. <laughs> So Joe says to him, uh, Biagio, you know all of these things you have said actually mean you probably have cystic fibrosis and you're not gay. <laughs> Biagio just kind of... Uh, I can't even describe how he takes this news. It's almost a shrug of the shoulders, but but more than that. And for me is a goddamn delight. Uh, I should wrap this up because i got one more movie to talk about. Just by saying... The movie is sort of typical towards the end, just in that it's almost a Goonies feel of kids and adults uh, growing apart. They don't see each other for a lot of the summer and fear the worst has happened. They know they've run away, but they don't know the parents that it is. Know the kids have run away, but don't know where they are. And uh, they're all very sad and depressed anxious, all all things that you would feel, I assume, if your kids ran away from home. So, in the end, this is where it's kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of leaves reality a little bit for me, is they end up coming back home, and it's not a sort of explosive, what the fuck, where were you, don't talk to me, you're kicked out of the house, it was, oh, I missed you, I love you, let's not fight anymore. Mm, Sure. Okay, so moving on to the last film that uh, I, I did have a... Uh, I just want to say one last thing of Kingdoms of Summer, or Kingdoms, Kings of Summer, is that I had more notes, and I feel like talking more about it because I really, really enjoyed it so, more, so much, but uh, I don't have time. i got to get in this last movie. So those are all sort of indications, I hope, to you that you should see this movie. And if you do, please, please, please let me know what you think about it. Okay, the last movie is titled The Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger. Yes, that Lone Ranger. Uh, An action flick that came out not too, too long ago from uh, Disney, I think, has done this, based on the television show The Lone Ranger. Was the television show The Lone Ranger based on books? Why do I think that may be the case? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think if you go into this movie just expecting a bit of an action flick with some cool action scenes, you're going to like it. It's not too, too deep. Johnny Depp, I, I don't think it's... It's almost... 
impossible. I don't want to say impossible, but very, very hard for Johnny Depp to be bad in a movie. And this is no exception. He's very, very good in this. It's just, uh, it's it's one better than run-of-the-mill. How about that? Yeah, slightly better than, than a run-of-the-mill action. That being said, I'm going to go uh, a solid three out of five, which, as I think I've already said today, threes for my enjoyed while watching, but would watch, would not really ever watch again. And that, that falls into this quite, quite handily. Uh, the Lone Ranger, played by Army Hammer, because that's a name, as Kevin Pollock would say. Uh, yeah, first name Army, last name Hammer. That's, uh, that's an interesting handle. Sad thing about that name, and him being a movie star, is that Garen Frigantide, every time he does a talk show, late night or otherwise, uh, his name's probably going to come up, which is uh, a shame. He's probably more dimensions than just this name. So ask him questions about things other than this name. Please, people interviewing him. He was good in it. Yeah, no complaints. Uh, I Do I have a sort of desire to see him in other roles? Sure, yeah. I'd uh, definitely be open to seeing him in other things, which I think is a good a compliment as any as you can give an actor that you would like to see him in other movies. So, hey, I would. Johnny Depp plays Tonto, his uh, Native American pal, in the TV shows, I, I think Tonto's more of a sort of sidekick, whereas this, it almost sort of, which I guess is to be expected a little bit with Johnny Depp in the role of Tonto, it almost has a little bit of a feel that Army Hammer, aka the Lone Ranger, is a little bit sidekicky compared to Tonto, but you know what, uh, Army Hammer held his own. And it's not 100% that feeling. They're, they're, they're kind of buddies, pals, amigos, 50-50 split, if you will. The whole movie slash story is coming from a ancient and decrepit Tonto who is in a circus as a sort of, not a sideshow exactly, but he's telling this story to a little kid a story that uh, we're never, I guess, 100% sure whether he's making it up or have to believe that he was the famous Tonto of yore. Whether or not that is an actual person or not, uh, yeah, I guess we're supposed to believe maybe it was. His story starts in 1869, and I don't have too much time to go into detail other than to say the, the quote-unquote bad guy, bad guys could even go so far to say, take the form of people, persons, companies, peoples, I already said, of the uh, the railroad, which is kind of a common theme in Westerns, that, that the quote-unquote railroad are bad men, which I, I don't think that's fair to say, is it? Like, without the railroad, there would not be the expansion into the West of the Americas. United States of Americas, so I guess it's not all bad, it's progress, right? Progress, I suppose, is always going to have people pissed off and always have uh, sort of naysayers poo-poo it. Naysayers poo-poo it. One good thing about having the, the railroad and its folk and machinery as the sort of bad guys is that it sets it up for a lot, a lot of fights on top of trains. <laughs> uh, 
if this movie did not have a fight of one sort of another on top of a train, I, it would have blown my mind. I, I would have thought that I was living in a dream world because there's no way in hell that was going to happen. I've spoken of quite often on this podcast, in fact, I'd say a freakish amount of times, that fights on top of trains, or anything for that matter on top of trains, are pretty goddamn awesome. Like, if you had a a couple of guys playing a match of chess on top of a train, I, I'd be pretty excited. The blood would get pumping a little bit. And this movie takes full advantage of that fact. At one point, and this is in the preview, so it's not spoiling anything, uh, a horse racing on top of a train, going into tunnels, just uh, just some pretty cool movements. Uh, two trains at once, all, all, all good train-related action sequences. I would say, you know what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna throw this out there just to give this this movie some uh, some well deserved props, and that is, I think, as far as train related action sequences, this may be one of the best. I'm counting like James Bond, um, Die Hard. So I think there's some train scenes there. Just everything. This may take the cake. It may take the train cake. Wow. The character of Tonto within this is uh, also flushed out very, very nicely. Like, he's not sort of one-dimensional. They give him a, a really, really good backstory for why he is doing what he's doing, why he is who he is, the sort of seemingly insane uh, Native American dude. Well, hell, let's call it an Indian, because that's what they called him back then, that's what he kind of calls himself. So, uh, Folks, I'm at home, so... Didn't really have too much more to say in that, and uh, because I didn't have any abundance of time, I didn't really spoil the movie there. You you know that it is the Lone Ranger and Tonto going against the railroad peoples. That That's what you know, and you could have figured that out in the first ten minutes. Uh, of course you could make the assumption that they do defeat the bad guys, but maybe they don't. Maybe uh, the railroad won. Maybe uh, the final scene of this movie is the Lone Ranger and Tonto tied to the tracks while the bad guy runs them over in a train. Maybe that's the last scene. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it's not. What I am saying is that it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.